the ISA's Science of Arboriculture podcast series. This series was developed by the International Society of Arboriculture and brought to you by the Bartlett Tree Expert Company, caring for America's trees since 1907. We provide full-length educational talks by the world's top researchers, educators, and practitioners to keep you up to date with new developments in arboriculture. Today's talk is by Dr. Francesco Farini, Professor of Arboriculture at the University of Florence in Italy. He was the recipient of the ISA's Chadwick Award for Arboricultural Research in 2010. This podcast features his talk on mulching and amending with compost. It was originally presented at the ISA International Conference in Parramatta, Australia in July 2011. I'll talk today about a long-term project we have uh, started in 2002, I guess, or 2001, and uh, it's still going on uh, about mulching and amending with compost in different woody ornamentals in different environments. Uh, these are the outlines of the presentation, the uh, uh, little introduction, then the use of compost in the urban environment, and then our research result and I will try to, to draw some conclusion at the, at the real end. So what is compost? Uh, I'm not going to read this, but uh, you can find different definitions through the internet. Uh, Wikipedia obviously has its own definition. You can find the, the definition of the American Heritage Science Dictionary and uh, definition of Collins, which is very, very simple. So uh, which are the general uh, reasons for composting? Uh, is to avoid waste management and it reduce waste landfill issues, reuse organic material, soil and water conservation, increases agricultural productivity as a soil amendment and improves soil quality, we'll see that, reduce production costs so increase revenues, helps find nutrients and release slowly, and disease suppression, uh, which is to be more investigated because, you know, as you have seen, uh, early in th this afternoon, it's not uh, clear what happened with Phytophthora, for example. Uh, this is a, a map of the topsoil organic carbon content of the European soil, and you can see that most of, Euro of Europe has a medium or low or very low, like in the north of Italy, uh, carbon content in the topsoil, and that's the problem for us. It's mean, it means that our land is probably overused since a long time. And these are, because there are some disadvantages, like time labor, it's time labor consuming, producing compost and using compost. Improper management, sometimes we can have, as I said before, disease from animal manure and not only animal manure. And then it's a point source uh, pollution sometimes and people are sometimes annoyed by the odor of the, of the compost. Uh, but which, which is the, the function and the importance of the compost in the urban scenario? I took this picture last Saturday in, uh, in Sydney. Probably I'm, uh, you are more familiar than me with this picture. Uh, and the question is, is compost important in urban green areas uh, in a sustainable uh, uh, management scenario? Because soil problems are probably the main reason for tree problems. And do we use what we know, this is the question. And there is, there is another important thing. The composts are available in large quantities now. We used to harvest our waste uh, separately. So in, it in Italy, we have 1.5 million tons uh, in annually green pure plus uh, mixed compost and 10.2 in all Europe. There are also environmental considerations there are economic considerations, and we have to remember that quality is the most important factor. 
And what uh, good does compost do? Organic matter is the keyword. We can have better physical soil properties. We can have an increase in water storing capacity, even though sometimes you can find in the literature that a, a layer of uh, mulching with compost can impede uh, the penetration of, of a light rainfall. We can have an improved water transport in soils, an increase in cation exchange capacity, which means more nutrients stored in the soil. We can have an increase in beneficial soil microbes, which influences in a positive way the plant health, and we can have a supply of nutrients. And so uh, also, it's important the contribution of compost to CO2 emission reduction. Higher organic matter in the soil, where two-thirds of the total carbon is stocked. Just one-third is stocked in plants. Less peat extraction when compost is used as, as a nursery substrate. There's less CO2 emission since less chemical fertilizers are used or can be used. And then there is a, a less a minor CO2 direct emission since waste is not immediately brought to the landfills. But compost are very different. Depending on feeding materials and treatment, the possibility of misuse is very large because of a lack of knowledge. Sometimes we don't know how to manage the compost we get. And then the development of products uh, is not often good enough because of lack of fantasy and knowledge. When I go to the landfill in my, in my country, to the compost facility, I have just one kind of compost. I can ask for a compost for tree or for vegetables or for whatever. And then we have different compost types. A green compost, important is the stability, the smell, the maturation, and the nitrogen supply. We can have compost in household wastes, same, stability, maturation, pollutants sometimes, and salts, and then a mixture of different feeding materials with a, a different also effect. We have browns, the so-called browns, which is any material with a carbon to nitrogen ratio higher than 30 to, to 1 is a brown. So higher carbon to nitrogen content. And for example, leaves are uh, brown, straw are brown, paper, sawdust, and animal bedding mixed with manure are brown material. And then we have greens. Carbon to nitrogen is less than 25 to 1. Vegetable scraps, coffee grounds, grass clipping, manure, and you, you can see different kinds of manure have different kind, different uh, uh, C2N uh, ratio. And so these are the difference. The brown decay very slowly, the greens uh, decay rapidly, and you can compare. I'm not going to read all these uh, uh, differences because you can find them in the in the proceedings, in the paper I supplied for the proceedings, uh, what I would like to, to, to say is that uh, there is a recommended brown to green ratio, which is about three to one. So three parts of brown and one part of green, because too much carbon usually slow down the decomposition process, and then too much nitrogen from greens can be uh, lost as ammonia, which is the smell of the compost, and also can be uh, lost by leaching into the aquifer and uh, produce, then producing pollution. So, as I said before, the uh, composting facilities have a good expertise in composting, and usually, usually, not always, not in making excellent soil for the urban greening industry, which means that sometimes uh, uh, these are two uh, important uh, parameters to consider, the stability, because a stable compost does not support further biological activity and the maturity, because a mature compost is stable and does not contain inhibiting uh, uh, substances. And these are some parameters you should take into consideration when using and deciding to uh, use compost. The stability, there are some indexes developed in Europe like the SOUR, it's called SOUR, uh, or Dewar uh, index, and usually they are provided by the composters. The phytotoxicity and inhibition, the conductivity, the presence of pollutants, the pH, 
deceptive use, where is it used? Open land, private garden, and so on, and the particle size, which is depending on the use. And you can find the definition of the two uh, indexes, the Dewar and the Sour. And then it's important where uh, uh, you, you're going to use the, your compost. You see, it, according to the compost type, there is a different use. And uh, uh, for example, green compost, uh, the main characteristic is to have a high content of organic matter. You can use it as a mulching and the soil amendment, and the amount is about 3 to 10 centimeter layer or 600 metric tons per hectare. But the most important thing, sorry, analysis are needed. You need to have, you need to know what you are going to use. And then how to use the, uh, uh, the compost. You can use it as a soil amendment, and these are the, the ratio, it's about 20, and the nitrogen content here, and the plant available nitrogen, which is about 100 to 100 kilograms per hectare. And the content of organic matter in soil should be about 5%. So according to the original organic matter content, you have to choose your, uh, your kind of compost. Because the use of a low quality compost or its misuse can cause serious consequences. You can see here, this tree was damaged by uh, a very low quality compost and according to the layer, you can also have uh, a decrease in the oxygen concentration in the first layers of soil. Sometimes, anyway, you can use immature compost uh, as a natural herbicide. In this case, the, the, the weeds are completely suppressed by the use of immature compost. And so, uh, according to the kind of use, soil amendment or mulching, the compost quality and the type of green area, you can have an intensive use on extensive use and use small or medium amounts and large or medium amounts. I hope you're not too bored by this uh, general part because I know you, you want to see data, you want to see results. Results are coming. So we started as I said, in 2001, 2002, I don't remember, and we use compost both as an amending material and as a mulching material. I will uh, uh, refer to, uh, for the first part of the presentation, uh, of compost used as an amending material and the second part as a mulching material. So, first research, compost used as an amending material, uh, we use this uh, 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 mixed compost, we had four different treatment, 25, percent compost uh, added to the uh, soil in the plant, uh, in the planting pit, 50%, 17%, and we just use topsoil. So this is, was in a former industrial land. All the soil was very polluted, was uh, taken out of the area, and we, uh, we replaced this, the soil with a, with a good topsoil. Here are the results. Uh, very briefly, as you can see here, the uh, addition of compost didn't show any real results in terms of leaf dry weight, in terms of photosynthesis, evaporation, and water use efficiency, and chlorophyll content, especially when you added just 25% of compost. This is because the soil we used to replace the original soil was very good, so there was no need to, re to, to add compost to this soil. The same... Uh, Coming back to the Dr. Cotter uh, presentation, we uh, uh, detected the uh, uh, content of some elements, not macro or, or uh, macro elements, but just elements, essential elements, so nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, calcium, magnesium. We didn't find any real statistical difference uh, between soil uh, added with compost in different concentrations and topsoil, the original topsoil. So, the conclusion of this research, which, which was published in the Aboriculture and Urban Forestry some years ago, is that no advantages were observed by adding composted materials to the planting pit when a good topsoil was uh, uh, used as a replacing material of the original polluted soil. So, even a clay uh, topsoil is a set satisfactory substrate for uh, in this case, Norway maple, and uh, there is no need to 
uh, use uh, compost. Another research, uh, in this case, we compare compost use to uh, fertilization with the, uh, a common uh, fertilizer, the nitrofosca, and we, uh, we added nit nitrofosca and compost the first year, the second, and the third year uh, to the planting pit. In this case, we, this research was on English, English oak. What we saw after three years, these data are the, uh, are the, average, uh, the average of three years, uh, the photosynthesis, the evaporation, and the uh, 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 water, use, water use efficiency, the leaf area, and the leaf dry weight were all affected by fertilization, while compost was rarely, the performance of plant with compost were rarely higher than the performances of plant or control plants. At the same, we measured uh, chlorophyll content, same. Fertilization increased chlorophyll in the second and in the third uh, year, we controlled chlorophyll content several times during the, during the season. And then we, want, we wanted to see which were the effect on soil uh, uh, parameters. So we measured in, this, in different parameters in the soil. This is the, uh, the soil bulk density at 10 to 20 and 30 to 40 centimeter depth. And we didn't see any real statistical difference between compost, fertilization, and control. But what we, we saw is that in terms of elongated pores and the total porosity, compost showed higher, much higher data compared to fertilization and above all to control. This means that in the long term, probably the addition of compost together with fertilization can really increase plant performance because, because when the fertilization effect is finished, you, can, you cannot keep on fertilizing tree. Uh, maybe sometimes is, there is no need of fertilization. In this case, we fertilized for three years. After the fertilization is finished, probably uh, this tree will, will rely on compost, uh, on, on organic matter content in, in the soil. And if you see this graph, uh, we, also, we, we also measure the, the different kind of pores, the regular pore, the irregular pores, the elongated pores, and the presence of elongated pores was much higher in the compost uh, treatment than in the other two. And uh, this is a very important because the presence of elong elongated pores is very important for root uh, penetration, and so it's very important for uh, plant growth. So I, I have already uh, said something about the conclusion. The conclusion of this research, research which was published in the Journal of Boriculture, some years ago, and once the post-transplant crisis was overcome, the trees stronger responded to the fertilizer in terms of leaf gas exchange and of leaf morphological characteristics, also showing a higher uh, growth in terms of shoot elongation, which is worth nearly twice as much than that of the other treatments. But the addition of compost to the backfield soil positively affected soil physical properties with respect to fertilization and control treatments, and this is very important in the long term if you want to have healthy plants which stored a lot of carbon. Scared of too many data? I hope not because this is just for the beginning, because the major part of our research was dedicated to soil, so to compost use as, an, as, a, um, as a mulching material. So mulching with compost. Why mulching? These are all the benefits of organic mulch. We have physical benefits, we have chemical benefits, biological benefits, and aesthetical benefits. Because we don't have to forget that uh, we plant also trees for aesthetical purposes, and people like to see a finished look, and this improving, improves uh, aesthetic quality of our uh, planting uh, project. Uh, there are also some disadvantages also uh, uh, for uh, uh, compost used as a mulching material. Mainly these defects, this problem, are coming from use of excessive mulch because we can have a reduced gas exchange which leads to suffocation 
we can have rodent damage and root disease, as we have heard uh, uh, early this afternoon, and the evaporation of excess water can be sometimes uh, hindered. So sometimes mulching can also be ineffective accordingly to environmental condition. And when you use too much mulch, like in this case, like this uh, so-called uh, volcano mulching, then you have to have a gardener. I shot this picture last Saturday at the Botanical Garden in Sydney. This gardener was uh, uh, throwing the, 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 the mulch out of the, the trunk because it was too humid after so much rain. There was a problem of root rot because of too much mulching. So you spend time and money to put the mulch, and yet you have to spend time and money to get rid of the mulch around the trunk uh, collar. There are several mulch options. We can use organic material, inorganic material, or synthetic material. I have seen that here in Australia, it's very, especially in this area, it's very spread, this kind of uh, uh, mulching with uh, bituminous aggregate. I don't like this kind of mulching because, I mean, if you forget to remove, that's gonna happen. This tree is strangled, and it's gonna be a danger in a very few years. And beside the technical differences in the effect of plant growth and physiology, sometimes it's just a matter of money. If you don't have money to allow compost, for example, you have to use another kind of material. If you don't have money to uh, spread the compost, you have to use something else. And these are some compost material, some, sorry, some uh, mulching material. These are the pros and the cons, and it's also this table, I think it's in the proceedings, so I'm not going through it, but I think you are pretty completely aware of these pros and cons. So let's go to the results. Uh, in this case, we detect the, the effect of soil management techniques on growth and physiology of shade tree species, tilia and uh, horse chestnut, European horse chestnut, and on soil chemical, physical, and biological properties. So we used two kinds of uh, mulching material, pine bark and uh, raw compost. So compost made of uh, raw coarse uh, material. This project lasted for three years, so we have three full growing season of results, but we measured diameter the first year, and then the second, and the third, and the fourth in the wintertime. And it, it appears here very clearly which were the effects of compost on plant height plant trunk diameter, and shoot length. All these parameters were positively affected by control, by compost, sorry, compared to the control and very often also the pine bark, which probably had a little toxic uh, effect, just a little one. And these are uh, 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 the, the effect, the, the first one were on horse chestnut, and these were the effect on tilia, Pretty much the same, even though Tilia was slowly responding to the effort of uh, uh, compost, uh, mulching and composting, in special way compost addition. So we, we saw really good results after three years from, from planting. So also this paper was published in Aboriculture Urban Forest, so you can refer to uh, uh, this paper to have the full uh, uh, picture of the, of the work. But anyway, the conclusion were that mulching showed to be an efficient and sustainable management technique in terms of weed control and costs. And also, compost mulching had strong positive effects on tree growth and on plant physiology, though results were variable, as I said, according to the species. Tilia responded slowly, slowly compared to horse chestnut. Then, when, as I said, we checked the soil, physical, chemical, and biological properties. Uh, bulk density, soil moisture, field capacity, 
and available water content were all affected in a positive way by, the, uh, uh, by mulching with uh, compost, with raw compost in this case. Uh, while pine bark was not always different from, the, uh, from control. Just the wilting point was not different, but as you can see, was higher, still higher in the uh, compost uh, treatment. And then we check the soil temperature. Soil temperature was always, you see, higher in the bare soil, except for the temperature in September when, the, you know, the season uh, is going, the, the temperature in, in, in the in northern hemisphere is going down. And uh, so we measure the soil temperature at 10 centimeters below the soil surface in two years. These are two years data. There's no difference between the, the two kinds of mulch and both were had uh, lower temperature compared to uh, the bare soil. And this is the, uh, oh, this is a, a mistake. It's soil respiration, not a soil temperature. Also, soil respiration was higher, and we were surprised because uh, one of the disadvantages of using too much mulch or using mulching material can be a, a lower soil respiration. We found a higher soil respiration. So probably the, the stru soil structure was in some way uh, improved by the use of, of compost or uh, mulching in this case. And these are the results in terms of total organic uh, carbon, total nitrogen, CN ratio, N2O emission, and biomass uh, in carbon. Compost always showed higher results. And uh, just one, uh, one parameter worried us. Uh, we found a higher, much higher emission of N2O uh, from the uh, composting, uh, composting uh, material. And you know that uh, the um, nitrogen oxide is the, one of the greenhouse gases. It, it, it enters the cycle of ozone. It can be uh, a real danger sometimes. So we have to be very careful with this data. They need to be uh, uh, investigated in a deeper uh, way. So this paper was published in the landscape below ground uh, proceedings, the, the last, the third landscape below ground uh, symposium, what came out from this work is that soil temperature under both mulches was significantly lower than in bare soil. Soil biological activity was also enhanced, as you can see here from this data, uh, by mulches. No difference in soil oxygen content was found among the treatments Soil bulk density was significantly lower under compost mulch. Soil moisture, total organic carbon, CN ratio, and microbial biomass resulted higher in the uh, uh, mulching uh, uh, thesis. And we need to still consider, as I said in depth, the nitrogen oxide production because it's a greenhouse gas. And in conclusion, mulch affected soil properties and created a more favorable environment for roots, which resulted in enhanced plant growth, as we have seen in the data I showed at the beginning of this uh, part of the, of the talk. At the same time, we had another plot just uh, 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 beside the first, where we want to check the, uh, if the presence of uh, a mulching layer was in some way affecting uh, the uh, presence of two uh, decay fungi, Ganoderma adspersum and Perennipoidia fraxinea. So we had 48, still 48 horse chest and the 48 linden. This was, these were the, the thesis, herbicide, so bare soil, pine bark, and compost. This was the concentration uh, the, of the uh, inoculum, uh, the, sorry, the percentage of positive isolation uh, for perennipoidia fraxinea at the very beginning in September 2005, 2006, and 2007. As you can see, after three years, after two years, sorry, there was no difference in terms of uh, inoculum percentage of positive isolation between the three theses. For Ganoderma, only after three months 
the presence of uh, Ganoderma, uh, uh, the positive isolation of Ganoderma was higher, statistically higher in compost. But then right after that, the year after, no real difference, and also there was no, uh, uh, there were no positive isolation, just a very limited percentage after one year and after two years. So a take-home message from uh, this side project was that uh, both Ganoderma and Perenniporia are able to survive as saprotrophites for a long time, more than a year, and, uh, uh, but mulching uh, in some way slightly increased the inoculum survival on both species, but uh, both species, no plants was, were infected. So even though the, uh, the inoculum was present in a higher percentage in the compost, oh, in the, sorry, in the mulch uh, plots, we didn't find any infected plants because plants were much more healthy and they, they, didn't, they didn't get the, any, any fungal decay. Again, other species in another environment, in central Italy, we tested the effect of mulching uh, uh, just compost in this case, not pine bark, on growth and physiology of Acer campestre, hedge maple, and European hornbin, Carpinus betulus. This is the planting material. We used 360 trees, a big, uh, uh, big plot, planted in 2003, and we, we had four different, sorry, four different theses, uh, total weeding, chemical weeding in the row, and natural grass cover between the rows, chemical weeding in the row and tillage between the rows, mulching with compost in the row and natural grass cover between the rows. We use these four different theses because of the main widely used in the nursery uh, uh, industry in, in that area. Uh, we, we, uh, we did this trial in, in Pistoia, which is close to Florence where I work, and it's the biggest nursery, plant nursery area in Europe, more than 6,000 hectares of uh, nurseries uh, present there. So, we measured some growth parameters for uh, two years, shoot growth, stem diameter, and also, sorry, not just uh, growth uh, parameters, also chlorophyll content. And what we uh, found was that uh, mulch plus grass cover uh, in the middle uh, increased the shoot growth, increased the chlorophyll content, while grass cover, just grass cover, was very competitive and, and reduced compared also to the total weeding, shoot growth, and the chlorophyll content. Plants were a little stressed by uh, the using of uh, uh, grass cover all over the surface. In terms of leaf gas exchange, photosynthesis, evaporation, water use efficiency, mulching together with tillage and using herbicide show the higher photosynthesis uh, rate uh, and the higher water use efficiency, which is very important because for a single uh, uh, mol, uh, millimole of water you use for a, for a fixed a micromole of uh, uh, carbon dioxide, you use less water. And it's very important, especially in dry country like Italy or Australia. And then we measured also the uh, uh, chlorophyll fluorescence, and we found that chlorophyll fluorescence was, uh, the, the FVFM ratio was higher in the uh, 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 mulch plants, which means that plants were less stressed. Usually 0.75 is the limit to, uh, uh, for the plants to be stressed or not stressed. As you can see here, total weeding and the grass cover were both below that threshold, so the plants were a little stressed while uh, plant uh, with compost at the, at the base didn't, have, didn't show any real stress. In Carpinus, that was for Acer, I forgot to, to tell you. In Carpinus, pretty much the same results. See, mulch with grass cover show the best results in terms of shoot growth, stem diameter, and chlorophyll content, and also, in this case, uh, the chlorophyll uh, ratio, the chlorofluorescence was not affected, and grass cover uh, sh uh, uh, showed the, the, the worst uh, results. 
And this is very important because if you have to sell plants, and if you want to store carbon, that's the answer. Photosynthesis in, in Carpinus, still, mulch all over the two years of measurement showed almost all the times uh, the, the mulching, sorry, mulching uh, treatment showed all the times, uh, let's say 60% of the times, a higher uh, uh, photosynthesis rate, like here and here, especially when the temperature was very high, and I will show you why. This is the evaporation, water use efficiency, still, and and this is the relationship between leaf greenness uh, measured with the spot units and the net assimilation. You can see there is a very strong, especially in Acer, a very strong relationship between these two parameters. The air two, the square air is 0 0.85, which is very, very high. So we can use the spot units in this case also to measure the photosynthesis uh, potential of this, uh, these trees. But what was the most important parameters uh, in this case was the soil temperature. You know that root activity is depressed uh, above 35 degrees and is totally uh, impede and it brings to uh, uh, root death if the temperature is above 45 degrees. And as you can see here, there was a delta T of 13 degrees Celsius 23 Fahrenheit between the soil below the mulching material and the soil where total weeding were used, which means that in this case, roots can be damaged, can be killed by the high temperature, while at the same time, just a few meters uh, 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 distant, the, the plants in the mulching material are just doing fine because the temperature is 20. 7.28. We didn't find, in this case, the, uh, no effect on soil respiration, no difference. A little bit high in the mulch, uh, in the mulch plots, but you know, there, there was no statistical difference. And uh, we did find some effect on soil oxygen. In this, in this case, uh, sorry, in this case, soil oxygen content was lower in the mulch plots compared to the other uh, three but it seems that it did not affect in any way plant growth and performance. So the lesson we learned was that mulching on the row and natural grass cover between the rows increased plant growth, leaf gas exchanges, and chlorophyll content. Mulching uh, reduced soil temperature in the upper 10 centimeters of soil where most of the roots are present in, because you know, it's a very intensive cultivation and contrary to the previous experiments, no change in soil respiration was observed, and a decrease in oxygen, uh, uh, in the available oxygen to roots uh, can sometimes occur, especially if, if mulches are distributed in thick layers or if the mulching material is not sufficiently stable, stable and mature. We suspected that in that case, because of the smell, uh, the compost we used was not really mature. And then, we're coming to the present uh, because the, 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 this project will be finished uh, next year, probably. So these are the most recent, recent results uh, we had uh, uh, for other research, and this project was funded by Tuscan, with this special project funded by, funded by Tuscany region. We tested the effect of mulching with mixed compost, green compost plus organic waste on growth and physiology of two widely grown shrubs in our area, which is uh, um, Hypericum ex moserianum and uh, uh, cherry laurel. After two years, we measured the stems, dry weight, the leaves, dry weight, the total dry weight, and the chlorophyll content. Both in the uh, Hypericum and in cherry laurel, the uh, uh, total dry weight was more than twice as much in Hypericum and almost twice as much in the compost uh, plot compared to uh, control where just herbicide uh, was used and also the chlorophyll uh, value was much, much higher. This means that in two years you can have plants 
that you can sell at double price because they're double sides. And also you have, you have stored in, that, uh, in the woody part a lot of carbon compared to uh, control. Then we check uh, in Florence, uh, uh, where I work and close to my house, uh, still the effect of mulching with mixed compost, the same compost we used in, in the nursery, on European elm. These are selection resistant to Dutch elm disease and resistant to the anthracnose, uh, selected by the National Research Council of Italy. Uh, and they were also selected for the very fast growth, even too fast, because we lost some trees because of the snowfall. They, 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 they grew too big in one year, and you will see. So these were the plant, the sides of the plant when we planted them about one meter 20, one meter 40, we planted 40 plants, 10 centimeter layer of compost, five centimeter no compost, and for 13 replicates in an urban park with, with a very bad soil. In 2009, we planted the plant in 2009, this was the shoot length, you see control, 52 centimeter, 10 centimeter, uh, 10 centimeter layer, compost 83, twice as much. Photosynthesis was not really different, but the photosynthesis on the whole plant basis, this is the important parameter. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that if you have an equal or even lower, as in this case, photosynthesis on a single plant leaf, but if you have more leaves and if you have a bigger canopy, it's obvious that the, the photosynthesis on the whole plant basis is much higher, twice as much, and also the chlorophyll content was higher. This was a single leaf area, a little higher, but look at the leaf number per plants, almost twice as much. Total leaf area, 0.98 square meter in the control, 1.87 square meter in the uh, 10 centimeter layer. And also the leaf, even though it was not significant, also the leaf mass per area, which is another indicator of, of uh, plant growth, was higher in the 10 centimeter layer compost. 2010, we were not able to measure the entire plant. The plants grew too big to be measured. Look here, uh, this is the photosynthesis, still uh, higher in the 10 centimeter layer. The water use efficiency also, the plants grew much and used less water to grow much, to grow much. Chlorophyll content, leaf area, leaf mass per area, pruning weight. We pruned the tree below 2.8 meter because we have to uh, face also the regulation, the, 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 the trees, especially along the roads, uh, cannot have uh, branches below 330, 345 actually. So uh, we have to prune them to uh, get at that height. So the pruning weight was twice as much using compost. The diameter at 20 centimeter and at one, one uh, meter and 30 centimeter was much higher in the 10 layer uh, uh, compost and plant height, one meter more on average. And these were the plants uh, I show you when we planted. The, the summer in 2009 was very, very dry. And at the end of August, look at the plants. Compost, control, this was a difference couple meters sometimes. You can see also another thing. Here you can find grass. It means there, there is more humidity here than here. So, coming to the end, because uh, I, I would like to, to leave some time for question, proper mulching can be this one, a very large uh, uh, area of mulching around the tree but in this case, the, the use of this part of the park can be in some way hampered, or like this, a big layer, but not around the trunk. In proper mulching, the volcano, like here, it's the, against the gravity also. I don't know how they can pile up all this mulching on this small tree, or like in this case, a paved area all around the trunk at just, you know, 20 centimeter of 20 centimeter plus 20, uh, per 20 centimeter layer of, 
of compost of mulching material in this case, our, after uh, almost nine years, maybe 10 years of results, uh, uh, our conclusion is that a meter from the trunk, maybe half a meter sometimes, especially on young trees, can be more than sufficient and the layer can be more than 15 centimeter or if you don't want to use a circular, uh, uh, a circle around the, the trunk, you can also use a strip like this. Same layer, same uh, width. And I know it's impossible to do uh, uh, this, but uh, the best way to use compost, use mulching, and in this case compost, is to have soil, then a layer of three to six centimeters of nutrient-rich compost, fine particles, and then five to seven centimeter nutrient-poor compost with large particles, which doesn't impede the penetration of the, of the water when you have just a little uh, rainfall. So future research, uh, should be aimed to find a methodology to predict nitrogen availability in these trees. Deeper research on the, uh, sorry, it's a mistake here, on oxygen nitrogen production, because as I said, it can be a real uh, uh, pain in the neck if you produce too much uh, nitrogen oxide. And then compost and tree biochemistry and physiology. We would like to know what happens in terms of biochemical uh, uh, um, reaction of plants, because they grow more, but why? And then uh, we should investigate the specific use of compost fraction to tell the, to the composters how to design compost products for the urban environment, for special use, for the nursery, for uh, uh, gardening, and so on. I have some spare time, and I'm lucky, because I would like to uh, tell you something about my department. You know, I, I'm probably one of the, uh, 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 the farthest in this room. We, uh, we flew for 25 hours or something. Uh, we have some research project in my, uh, in my group, and my uh, postdoc uh, student is here. To, we refer to another uh, project tomorrow. We have international connection. We have a university course in plant nursery science, environment, and green areas management. It's a bachelor degree. And then we have a master's degree in landscape architecture and a PhD on plant physiology. And we have now a research lab for plant nursery science, environment, and green areas management uh, related to this, uh, this course in Pistoia. We are uh, carrying out basic research like the evaluation of the ability of some shrub species to mitigate, and tree species, to mitigate the effect of pollution in the urban and peri-urban environment, which is a very big issue in Italy and all over Europe, and I think all over the world too. We are investigating the response mechanisms to multiple environmental stressors in Mediterranean woody species like drought and uh, shading and salt, the evaluation of morphological, physiological, and biochemical parameters related to drought tolerance in agricultural and shade tree species. And then starting this year, we have started to investigate the relationship between uh, urban trees and volatic organic compounds production, which is another big issue in terms of uh, pollution. So we are trying to uh, see which are the effects of some stressors like drought and light on VOC production. And then we are conducting some applied research about compost use. You have just seen the results. It's a long-term project. Mycorrhiza inoculation in the nursery and in the urban condition. It's a long-term project to be finished next year. Pruning of ornamental trees, effect of age and intensity. We are investigating a new container for nursery production versus irrigation and root pruning to simulate street works. And we have just started another project on uh, to uh, investigate the effect of different pavement, pavement, uh, paving material on plant physiology and performance. Uh, this just to remember, I'm a, a board component, uh, uh, so there is another uh, uh, appointment for the International Society of Boriculture and all these, you know, uh, the Morton Arboretum, the Tree Fund, and all these uh, 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 organization 
It's very close, September 12 to September 13, at the Morton Arboretum in Illinois, there will be the international, uh, international meeting and research symposium on tree growth. So there are four topics areas, and these are the, uh, the topics which will be discussed. So if you can, uh, if you have time, I think it's another occasion to learn something more from all these uh, brilliant uh, research. As you can see, I'm not there. That's why I use the, the word brilliant. Uh, this is the end. It's not the word end. So uh, I rushed that just to have time for a question, but I'm just finished. And uh, uh, this is my mail address if you want to have publication and whatever. I also have a Facebook page. It's called Aboricach and Uber Forest. I used it like a Facebook where people can interact and have answer. And, and, and I suggest you to, to check because I, uh, Almost every day I add something. You can download material. You have, can have link uh, of interest about aboriculture and urban forestry. So thank you very much for your attention. This concludes Dr. Francesco Farini's discussion on mulching and amending with compost. If you would like to learn more about soils, mulching, and composting, you can find additional materials at the ISA Online Learning Center including an online course on soils. If you would like to receive CEUs for today's talk, the unlock code for this quiz is SA3770. Again, SA3770. If you have other topics that you would like us to provide podcasts for, please feel free to contact Luana Vargas, the producer of this series, at the ISA office in Champaign, Illinois, or me, Tom Smiley, at the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratory. Thank you for listening to this episode, which was brought to you by the Bartlett Tree Expert Company, caring for America's trees since 1907. Remember to subscribe to this podcast series and join us next time for another episode of Science of Arboriculture. Trees in every country Trees, you know we can Work together and learn what we need To meet the challenge Traditional skills and modern techniques Whatever language you speak You have a world to offer every day Climb with the ISA